consecrate this teaching to the Sacred Heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary in union with Saint Joseph. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, at this moment to, to consume me so that I can be totally nothing and that it truly be your voice that is teaching us and speaking to us. As one heart, we praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight's focus of the teaching I, God has placed in my heart is misery draws us into mercy. And I'm going to review a few important things that I still have been in my heart that Father Ron taught us about trust back in September 17th of 2019. And he said, he quoted St. Faustina number 50, where the Lord says, the distrust of a chosen soul causes me even greater pain. And then Father Ron said to us, we who want to be one with him, to suffer with Jesus, can then be the cause of his greatest pain if we do not trust and truly live in his will. We are called the mothers and missionaries of the cross to have extraordinary trust. Father Ron told us we cannot be a community that has half-hearted trust. And he gave us a challenge to continuously check our barometer of trust. In what areas have I failed God through mistrust? This needs to be our daily examination of conscience. What is the level of my trust in divine mercy? And then he told us that some of, some of the signs of lack of trust are anxiety, worried, over-anxious in situations in families or work or community, doubting, discouraged. And I think that at this point, I hope that every single one of us have discovered that it is impossible for us to have perfect trust through our own doing. I hope that we have each discovered so many areas that we truly do not trust, that we have each received, as Ector shared last week, that we each have received the grace of this self-knowledge. Coming to receive the self-knowledge of our lack of trust brings us to know our misery. What I have seen in the path, the path began at the foot of the cross, opening our hearts to 
self-knowledge, begging Jesus at the foot of the cross, praying with all our hearts to the Holy Spirit, begging the Holy Spirit, reveal to me what I do not see. And for years, the Holy Spirit has been giving us self-knowledge. He has given us the self-knowledge of our woundedness. He has given us the self-knowledge of how our wounds are infected. He has given us the self-knowledge of the lies, the deception that we live in, the self-knowledge of our fears, of our pride, our self-love, our vanity. And all of this is self-knowledge and also the knowledge more and more of God's infinite goodness and mercy. And all of this self-knowledge must bring us to the climax, which is coming face to face with our misery. In number 56 in St. Faustina's diary, she writes this, I know very well what I am of myself because for this purpose, Jesus had opened the eyes of my soul. I am an abyss of misery. And hence, I understand that whatever good there is in my soul consists solely of his holy grace. The knowledge of my own misery allows me at the same time to know the immensity of your mercy. In my own interior life, I am looking with one eye at the abyss of my misery and baseness and with the other at the abyss of your mercy, O oh God. Knowledge of her misery brings her into the mercy of God. There's another beautiful teaching for us on misery in number 1318. St. Faustina writes, Oh, my Jesus, in thanksgiving for your many graces, I offer you my body and soul, intellect and will, and all the sentiments of my heart. Through the vows, I have given myself entirely to you. I have then nothing more than I can offer you, my community. Doesn't that sound like our covenant? We give him everything as his victim souls. Yet even after that covenant, after her vows, Jesus says to her, my daughter, you have not offered me that which is really yours. I probed, St. Faustina writes, deeply into myself and found that I love God with all the faculties of my soul and unable to see what it was that I had not yet given to the Lord, I asked, Jesus, tell me, what is it? 
I will give it to you at once with a generous heart. Jesus said to me with kindness, daughter, give me your misery because it is your exclusive property. At that moment, a ray of light illumined my soul and I saw the whole abyss of my misery. In that same moment, I nestled close to the most sacred heart of Jesus with so much trust that even if I had the sins of all the damned weighing on my conscience, I would not have doubted God's mercy. But with a heart crushed to dust, I would have thrown myself into the abyss of your mercy. I believe, O oh Jesus, that you would not reject me, but would have solved me through the hand of your representative. My brothers and sisters, St. Faustina received a great grace. She calls it a light that illumined her soul so that she saw face to face her total misery. That same light has to be something that each of us open our hearts to, that only the Holy Spirit can give us. You see, we can understand in our intellects that we are misery. And we can all intellectually believe that, but that is not enough. If we only understand it at an intellectual level, but have not had the experience of receiving the light of the Holy Spirit and facing our own misery, we don't know our misery. It is a grace that only the Holy Spirit can give us. And I truly believe that God has been preparing us for years through the gift of self-knowledge to bring us to this grace of graces, coming to face to face with our misery. What does it mean to know my misery? This is what I wrote. To know my misery is to know that I am centered on me. That my desires are attached to my I. To really come to see that my life, even after 12 years of living the path, is still all about me. Even my good works and virtuous acts, because of the impurity of my intention, are really for my own glory. To know my lack of trust in the God who created me and loves me. To know my pride in all its disguises, how I control, insist on my own way, manipulate, judge, compare, criticize. The first day of my retreat, my silent retreat, 
it was really beautiful because the Lord brings me into the ocean of his mercy. And the greatest mercy, act of mercy of the Lord, is that on the second day of my retreat, he brings me to know my misery. And he brings me to see myself and understand that I still live centered on me. That I still live constantly, my I, myself, wanting to take God's glory for myself. That my desires are still totally attached to my I. That I desire to be praised and wanted and liked more than living fully for his glory. That is coming face to face with who I am, which is misery. Here truly begins the moment of growth in true humility. Because until we have that grace of the Holy Spirit to see the fullness that I am misery and that God is mercy, that is now humility. At that moment, hypocrisy ceases in my own heart because I live knowing that I am misery. I live now begging God, entering his mercy. And it brought me to mind in the book, He Leadeth Me by Father Walter Sizek, because he receives the same grace of the Holy Spirit. Now, does this mean that I don't love the Lord? Absolutely not. I love the Lord very much. St. Paul and all the apostles loved the Lord very much too. But their love was still not filial love until they are truly die to their ego, die to their I. And the same thing with Father Walter. Father Walter becomes a, is a priest. He's giving his life for the Lord. And yet, Father Walter, the Lord brings him through a long time of horrible interrogation to finally understand that it's still all about him. And this is what he writes. Slowly, reluctantly, under the gentle proddings of grace, I faced the truth that was at the root of my problem and shame. The answer was a single word, I. I was ashamed because I knew in my heart that I had tried to do too much on my own and I had failed. 
I felt guilty because I realized finally that I had asked that I had asked for God's help, but had really believed in my own ability to avoid evil and to meet every challenge. I had spent much time in prayer over the years. I had come to appreciate and thank God for his providence and care of me and all men. But I had never really abandoned myself to it. In a way, I had been thanking God all the while that I was not like the rest of men that he had given me a good physique, steady nerves, and a strong will, and that with these physical graces given by God, I would continue to do his will at all times and to the best of my ability. In short, I felt guilty and ashamed because in the last analysis, I had relied almost completely on myself in the most critical test and I failed. I was so intent on hearing only one message, the message I wanted to hear, that I was not really listening at all. This tendency to set acceptable conditions upon God, to seek unconsciously to make his will for us coincide with our desires is a very human trait. Listen carefully, my community. The tendency to seek unconsciously, you see, we're not conscious of it until the light of the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, that we try to make God's will coincide with our desires. This is our misery. And the more important the situation is, the more totally we are committed to it or the more completely our future depends upon it, then the easier it becomes for us to blind ourselves into thinking that what we want is surely what God must also want. That is living in deception. That is living in a lie. That is living in our eye, our ego. That is misery. And at that moment of grace, just like St. Faustina, the Holy Spirit reveals this whole misery, all of what was on an unconscious, subconscious level in the heart of Father Walter comes into the light. And he sees face to face his own misery. What's amazing in the book is that at this moment, when he receives this great gift, just like St. Faustina and each of us, the knowledge of our misery 
you see from that moment on in the book, in the life of Father Walter, an incredible transformation. And it is the same for us. Saint Faustina says, the knowledge of my own misery allows me at the same time to know the immensity of your mercy. Coming to know the love and mercy of God brings us to hope and trust. This knowledge of self and God brings us to dependency, being childlike. It is the way of the spirit that brings us to prayer. It isn't until we know we are misery that then we begin to live our lives completely like a child dependent on God. Prayer follows, Father Periquin tells us, an awareness of dependence. A little child relies on his parents for everything. And a child of God feels like this about his heavenly father. So his prayer is a need, a life, a way in which the spirit expresses its sense of poverty and trust. Through such an expression of dependence, we come to recognize God's mercy, his goodness, his beauty. When I know my misery, when I know that I can come and give you a teaching, even though I know that the only reason I'm giving you this teaching is because God put it all in my heart. When I know that this teaching is not from Lourdes, but from the Holy Spirit, because I am nothing, I am his instrument. And yet, I can still want to take a drop of God's glory for myself. That is to know my misery and to live begging the Lord for his mercy and goodness. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. My family, let us ask for the grace of the light of the Holy Spirit to see that we, that I am misery, to come in touch with the essence of our own misery. Search and you will find, knock and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then who are evil, look at what the Lord says. If you, he's talking to me and to you, if you are evil, he is right there telling me, I am misery. You are evil, the Lord says. If you are evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Our whole transformation 
the death of our ego, the death of our I, which is the entire path, the crucifixion, is all the work of the Holy Spirit. None of it. We cooperate. We open ourselves up. We are docile. But it is all the work of the Holy Spirit. I want to end by going to a section, a beautiful section in the path on chapter four, where the Lord speaks to us of the groans. Number 77 and 78. And the Lord says this to us. Can you hear my groans that come forth from the depth of my crucified heart? The groans of my agony of love. Listen to my groans of love. In number 78, he says, to be one with me means that you become the living tabernacle of God. My loving, pulsating heart lives in you as one with you. You feel my sorrows and participate in my groans for the fulfillment of humanity's transformation into love. What I understood is just like in all of the path that the Holy Spirit takes us from ourselves into Christ. He brings us to our wounds to enter them into the wounds of Christ. He brings us into our pure pain to unite it into the pain of Christ. What I realized at this moment is that the grace of seeing and knowing our misery brings us into an interior groan, a profound groan of the depth of our being, of our heart, desiring to truly love God and live to glorify him. This groan, then when we feel it because of our misery, is the groan that the Holy Spirit brings into the groans that is the depth of the heart of Jesus to become one with his groans, which is what? The groan of Jesus for humanity to be transformed into love. Therefore, if we don't enter that deep groan by knowing, by seeing, by confronting the fullness of our misery, we really can't enter the groans of the Lord. And I tell you, my community, I'm so full of joy tonight. The fruit of coming to know our misery is freedom. Because living the deception of our lie is oppression. And it is so exciting for me to see the work of the Holy Spirit in our community. Because every single sister this week in our community that I had spiritual accompaniment with brought to me that they were being confronted with their misery. And I was amazed to see how the Holy Spirit is working with us as a whole community. 
And I thought, this is exciting. Why? Because this brings us into the first nail of crucifixion. My community, do you realize how exciting this is? We're finally, <laughs> truly getting to the nail. We're being crucified. That means we're truly, truly becoming one with Christ. More and more, it is he that lives in us, less of us. This is exciting. This is joyful. So I leave you with this joy, with this grace, and hopefully with the desire for each of you united with me, begging the Holy Spirit for the grace of knowing our misery so that we can enter fully into the mercy of God. Amen.